0: Section 22 of Myths Every Child Should Know. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Myths Every Child Should Know. Edited by Hamilton Wright Mabie. Section 22 The Argonauts. Part 7 How the Argonauts Were Driven Into the Unknown Sea. Part 2 so they went in and saw him sitting like poseidon on his throne with his golden sceptre by him in garments stiff with gold and in his hand a sculptured goblet as he pledged the merchant kings and beside him stood arete his wise and lovely queen and leaned against a pillar as she spun her golden threads then alcinous rose and welcomed them and bade them sit and eat and the servants brought them tables, and bread, and meat, and wine. But Medea went on trembling toward Arete, the fair queen, and fell at her knees, and clasped them, and cried, weeping as she knelt, I am your guest, fair queen, and I entreat you by Zeus, from whom prayers come. Do not send me back to my father, to die some dreadful death, but let me go my way, and bear my burden. Have I not had enough of punishment and shame? Who are you, strange maiden, and what is the meaning of your prayer? I am Medea, daughter of Aeetes, and I saw my countrymen here to-day, and I know that they are come to find me and take me home to die some dreadful death. Then Arete frowned and said, Lead this girl in, my maidens, and let the kings decide, not I and alcinous leapt from his throne and said speak strangers who are you and who is this maiden we are the heroes of the minuai said jason and this maiden has spoken truth we are the men who took the golden fleece the men whose fame has run round every shore we came hither out of the ocean after sorrows such as men never saw before we went out many and come back few for many a noble comrade have we lost. So let us go, as you should let your guests go, in peace, that the world may say, Alcinous is a just king. But Alcinous frowned, and stood deep in thought, and at last he spoke. Had not the deed been done, which is done, I should have said this day to myself, it is an honour to Alcinous and to his children after him, that the far-famed Argonauts are his guests but these Kolchi are my guests as you are, and for this month they have waited here with all their fleet, for they have hunted all the seas of Hellas, and could not find you, and dared neither go further nor go home. Let them choose out their champions, and we will fight them man for man. No guest of ours shall fight upon our island, and if you go outside they will outnumber you. I will do justice between you, for I know and do what is right. Then he turned to his kings and said, This may stand over till to-morrow. To-night we will feast our guests, and hear the story of all their wanderings, and how they came hither out of the ocean. So Alcinus bade his servants take the heroes in, and bathe them, and give them clothes. And they were glad when they saw the warm water, for it was long since they had bathed and they washed off the sea-salt from their limbs and anointed themselves from head to foot with oil and combed out their golden hair then they came back again into the hall while the merchant kings rose up to do them honour and each man said to his neighbour no wonder that these men won fame how they stand now like giants or titans or immortals come down from olympus although many a winter has worn them and many a fearful storm What must they have been when they sailed from Iolkos in the bloom of their youth long ago? Then they went out to the garden, and the merchant princes said, Heroes, run races with us, let us see whose feet are nimblest. We cannot race against you, for our limbs are stiff from the sea, and we have lost our two swift comrades, the sons of the north wind. But do not think us cowards, if you wish to try our strength, WE WILL SHOOT AND BOX AND WRESTLE AGAINST ANY MEN ON EARTH. AND Alcinous SMILED AND ANSWERED, I BELIEVE YOU, GALLANT GUESTS, WITH YOUR LONG LIMBS AND BROAD SHOULDERS WE COULD NEVER MATCH YOU HERE, FOR WE CARE NOTHING HERE FOR BOXING OR FOR SHOOTING WITH THE BOW, BUT FOR FEASTS AND SONGS AND HARPING AND DANCING AND RUNNING RACES TO STRETCH OUR LIMBS ON SHORE. SO THEY DANCED THERE AND RAN RACES, the jolly merchant-kings, till the night fell, and all went in. And then they ate and drank, and comforted their weary souls, till Alcinous called a herald, and bade him go and fetch the harper. The herald went out, and fetched the harper, and let him in by the hand, and Alcinous cut him a piece of meat from the fattest of the haunch, and sent it to him, and said, Sing to us, noble harper, and rejoice the hero's hearts so the harper played and sang, while the dancers danced strange figures, and after that the tumblers showed their tricks, till the heroes laughed again. Then, tell me, heroes, asked Alcinous, you who have sailed the ocean round and seen the manners of all nations, have you seen such dancers as ours here, or heard such music and such singing? We hold ours to be the best on earth." such dancing we have never seen said orpheus and your singer is a happy man for phoebus himself must have taught him or else he is the son of a muse as i am also and have sung once or twice though not so well as he sing to us then noble stranger said alcinous and we will give you precious gifts so orpheus took his magic harp and sang to them a stirring song of their voyage from iolcos and their dangers, and how they won the golden fleece, and of Medea's love, and how she helped them, and went with them over land and sea, and of all their fearful dangers, from monsters and rocks and storms, till the heart of Arete was softened, and all the women wept. And the merchant kings rose up, each man from off his golden throne, and clasped his hands and shouted, Hail to the noble Argonauts who sailed the unknown sea! Then he went on, and told their journey over the sluggish northern main and through the shoreless outer ocean to the fairy island of the west, and of the Sirens and Scylla and Charybdis, and all the wonders they had seen, till midnight passed and the day dawned. But the kings never thought of sleep, each man sat still and listened, with his chin upon his hand. And at last when Orpheus had ended, they all went thoughtful out, and the heroes lay down to sleep beneath the sounding porch outside where arete had strewn them rugs and carpets in the sweet still summer night but arete pleaded hard with her husband for Medea, for her heart was softened and she said the gods will punish her not we after all she is our guest and my suppliant and prayers are the daughters of zeus and who too dare part man and wife after all they have endured together.' And Alcinous smiled. "'The minstrel's song has charmed you, but I must remember what is right, for songs cannot alter justice, and I must be faithful to my name. Alcinous. I am called the man of sturdy sense, and Alcinous I will be. But for all that Arete besought him till she won him round.' So next morning he sent a herald, and called the kings into the square, and said, "'This is a puzzling matter. Remember but one thing. These Minuai live close by us, and we may meet them often on the seas. But Aietes lives far off, and we have only heard his name. Which, then, of the two is it safer to offend, the men near us, or the men far off?' The princes laughed and praised his wisdom, and alcinous called the heroes to the square and the colchi also and they came and stood opposite each other but medea stayed in the palace then alcinous spoke heroes of the colchi what is your errand about this lady to carry her home with us that she may die a shameful death but if we return without her we must die the death she should have died what say you to this jason the Aeolid? said Alcinus, turning to the Minuai. "'I say,' said the cunning Jason, "'that they are come here on a bootless errand. "'Do you think that you can make her follow you, "'heroes of the Colchi? "'Her who knows all spells and charms? "'She will cast away your ships on quicksands, "'or call down on you, Brimo the wild huntress, "'or the chains will fall off from her wrists, "'and she will escape in her dragon-car, "'or, if not thus, some other way.' for she has a thousand plans and wiles. And why return home at all brave heroes, and face the long seas again, and the Bosporus, and the stormy Euxine, and double all your toil? There is many a fair land round these coasts, which waits for gallant men like you. Better to settle there, and build a city, and let Aetes and Colchis help themselves. Then a murmur rose among the Colchi, and some cried, he has spoken well, and some, We have had enough of roving, we will sail the seas no more. And the chief said at last, Be it so, then, a plague she has been to us, and a plague to the house of her father, and a plague she will be to you. Take her, since you are no wiser, and we will sail away toward the north. Then Alcinous gave them food and water and garments, and rich presents of all sorts, and he gave the same to the minuai and sent them all away in peace so jason kept the dark witch-maiden to breed him woe and shame and the Colchi went northward into the adriatic and settled and built towns along the shore then the heroes rode away to the eastward to reach hellas their beloved land but a storm came down upon them and swept them far away toward the south and they rode till they were spent with struggling through the darkness and the blinding rain, but where they were they could not tell, and they gave up all hope of life. And at last they touched the ground, and when daylight came they waded to the shore, and saw nothing round but sand and desolate salt pools, for they had come to the quicksands of the Syrtis and the dreary treeless flats which lie between Numidia and Cyrene on the burning shore of Africa and there they wandered starving for many a weary day ere they could launch their ship again and gain the open sea and there canthus was killed while he was trying to drive off sheep by a stone which a herdsman threw and there too mopsus died the seer who knew the voices of all birds but he could not foretell his own end for he was bitten in the foot by a snake one of those which sprang from the Gorgon's head when Perseus carried it across the sands. At last they rode away toward the northward, for many a weary day, till their water was spent and their food eaten, and they were worn out with hunger and thirst. But at last they saw a long steep island, and a blue peak high among the clouds, and they knew it for the peak of Ida, and the famous island of Crete. And they said, we will land in crete and see minos the just king and all his glory and his wealth at least he will treat us hospitably and let us fill our water casks upon the shore but when they came nearer to the island they saw a wondrous sight upon the cliffs for on a cape to the westward stood a giant taller than any mountain pine who glittered aloft against the sky like a tower of burnished brass he turned and looked on all sides round him till he saw the argo and her crew and when he saw them he came toward them more swiftly than the swiftest horse leaping across the glens at a bound and striding at one step from down to down and when he came abreast of them he brandished his arms up and down as a ship hoists and lowers her yards and shouted with his brazen throat like a trumpet from off the hills YOU ARE PIRATES, YOU ARE ROBBERS, IF YOU DARE LAND HERE, YOU DIE. THEN THE HEROES SAID, WE ARE NO PIRATES, WE ARE ALL GOOD MEN AND TRUE, AND ALL WE ASK IS FOOD AND WATER. BUT THE GIANT CRIED THE MORE, YOU ARE ROBBERS, YOU ARE PIRATES ALL, I KNOW YOU, AND IF YOU LAND, YOU SHALL DIE THE DEATH. THEN HE WAVED HIS ARMS AGAIN AS A SIGNAL, and they saw the people flying inland driving their flocks before them while a great flame arose among the hills then the giant ran up a valley and vanished and the heroes lay on their oars in fear but medea stood watching all from under her steep black brows with a cunning smile upon her lips and a cunning plot within her heart at last she spoke i know this giant i heard of him in the east Hephaestus the fire-king made him in his forge in Etna beneath the earth, and called him Talus, and gave him to Minos for a servant to guard the coast of Crete. Thrice a day he walks round the island, and never stops to sleep, and if strangers land, he leaps into his furnace, which flames there among the hills, and when he is red-hot, he rushes on them, and burns them in his brazen hands." then all the heroes cried what shall we do wise medea we must have water or we die of thirst flesh and blood we can face fairly but who can face this red-hot brass i can face red-hot brass if the tale i hear be true for they say that he has but one vein in all his body filled with liquid fire and that this vein is closed with a nail but i know not where that nail is placed but if I can get it once into these hands, you shall water your ship here in peace. Then she bade them put her on shore, and row off again, and wait what would befall. And the heroes obeyed her unwillingly, for they were ashamed to leave her so alone. But Jason said, She is dearer to me than to any of you, yet I will trust her freely on shore. She has more plots than we can dream of, in the windings of that fair and cunning head so they left the witch-maiden on the shore, and she stood there in her beauty all alone, till the giant strode back red-hot from head to heel, while the grass hissed and smoked beneath his tread. And when he saw the maiden alone, he stopped, and she looked boldly up into his face without moving, and began her magic song. Life is short, though life is sweet, and even men of brass and fire must die, The brass must rust, the fire must cool, for time gnaws all things in their turn. Life is short, though life is sweet, but sweeter to live for ever, sweeter to live ever youthful like the gods, who have ichor in their veins, ichor which gives life and youth and joy and abounding heart. Then Talus said, Who are you, strange maiden, and where is this ichor of youth? then medea held up a flask of crystal and said here is the ichor of youth i am medea the enchantress my sister circe gave me this and said go and reward talus the faithful servant for his fame is gone out into all lands so come and i will pour this into your veins that you may live for ever young and he listened to her false words that simple talus and came near and medea said dip yourself in the sea first and cool off lest you burn my tender hands then show me where the nail in your vein is that i may pour the ichor in then that simple talus dipped himself in the sea till it hissed and roared and smoked and came and knelt before medea and showed her the secret nail and she drew the nail out gently but she poured no ichor in and instead the liquid fire spouted forth like a stream of red-hot iron and talus tried to leap up crying you have betrayed me false witch-maiden but she lifted up her hands before him and sang till he sank beneath her spell and as he sank his brazen limbs clanked heavily and the earth groaned beneath his weight and the liquid fire ran from his heel like a stream of lava to the sea and medea laughed and called to the heroes come ashore and water your ship in peace so they came and found the giant lying dead and they fell down and kissed medea's feet and watered their ship and took sheep and oxen and so left that inhospitable shore at last after many more adventures they came to the cape of Malea at the southwest point of the peloponnese and there they offered sacrifices and Orpheus purged them from their guilt. Then they rowed away again to the northward, past the Laconian shore, and came all worn and tired by Sunium, and up the Long Eubian Strait, until they once more saw Pelion, and Aphotai, and Iolcos by the sea. And they ran the ship ashore, but they had no strength left to haul her up the beach, and they crawled out on the pebbles, and sat down, and wept till they could weep no more for the houses and the trees were all altered, and all the faces which they saw were strange, and their joy was swallowed up in sorrow, while they thought of their youth and all their labor, and the gallant comrades they had lost. And the people crowded around and asked them, Who are you, that you sit weeping there? We are the sons of your princes, who sailed out many a year ago, we went to fetch the golden fleece, and we have brought it and grief therewith give us news of our fathers and our mothers if any of them be left alive on earth then there was shouting and laughing and weeping and all the kings came to the shore and they led away the heroes to their homes and bewailed the valiant dead then jason went up with medea to the palace of his uncle Pelias, and when he came in Pelias sat by the hearth crippled and blind with age while opposite him sat Aeson, Jason's father, crippled and blind likewise, and the two old men's heads shook together as they tried to warm themselves before the fire. And Jason fell down at his father's knees and wept, and called him by his name, and the old man stretched his hands out, and felt him, and said, "'Do not mock me, young hero. My son Jason is dead long ago at sea.' "'I am your own son Jason, whom you trusted to the centaur upon Pelion, and I have brought home the golden fleece and a princess of the sun's race for my bride. So now give me up the kingdom, Pelias my uncle, and fulfill your promise as I have fulfilled mine.' Then his father clung to him like a child and wept, and would not let him go, and cried, "'Now I shall not go down lonely to my grave.' Promise me never to leave me till I die. End of section twenty two.